Hey, you lovely, lovely people. I just really quick before we start the pod, I just wanted to ask for something from you guys nicely. If you like the podcast, and hopefully that's all of you listening right now, if you don't like the podcast, I'm not exactly sure why you're listening, but I respect it and I dig it. But if you're on your iPhone or you're listening on iTunes, hit the five stars you see on your screen right now because that will give us a review and that review helps the show rank higher in iTunes and therefore we get more people to see it and keep our little ship of Theseus, as you will, running. So if you're on anything non-Apple-like, non-Apple-y, like Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or even Podcast Addict, I see you Podcast Addict listeners, I can see you, go to Facebook, search for Dude Nature, and you'll see our podcast, and then like that page. This also helps tremendously. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you everyone for supporting the podcast. Okay, you may have noticed that this is only part one. Submarines part one. That's because there is a part two. And part two comes out on Thursday. Just like always, the podcast comes out Monday, Thursday. So this is part one, which really focuses on the history and the technology advancements of submarines through the world wars. And part two, more into the daily life of what it means to be a submariner or submariner. We can't really figure out which is the correct term. Okay, so stay tuned for that on Thursday. Now to the podcast. What well, I'm saying is that I could go 100 yards straight. <laughs> if I, I guarantee you if you were in the turtle and had to do at night, get to the ship and plan a mine, you would fail 100 out of 100 times. Straight up, you I would. totally agree with George. It wasn't an act of true genius. Unfortunately, they had a dog with two Peters <laughs> driving the barrel. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. I'm here, as always, in the reactor. Just open the windows to get it a little bit lighter in here. The light is dim, though. It smells. It's dark. We're in the cave. I'm here with my brother, Adam, as always. Yeah, we're here. We're in the reactor. We're here, ready to go. We got- ready to go. We need, I, the chai, we need the chai today. We do. A I late got, recording session. I got my session. chai, but my chai, I transferred it to a mug, and it is not hot. So I'm trying to heat it up in my Mr. Coffee heating pad. Best $7 ever spent. Shout out to Mr. Coffee. Hey, Mr. Coffee heating pad, if you want to spend a good $5, get yourself a Mr. Coffee heating pad for your desk. That way the coffee never gets cold. You put your mug on it and it just keeps your coffee Has something of $5 ever changed your life so much as that heating pad? Because then you can just put the mug right on the desk. Never gets cold. That's yeah. gross as hell that you're putting your wallet on I'm trying on to put my wallet Adam, on top just of it. Trying to trap the heat. Just for the listeners, Adam's putting his wallet over his mug. Your wallet is gross. That's I a put, gross item. Okay, That's unsanitary fine, fine, as hell. Fine. I want to trap the heat. I want to trap the heat because it's lukewarm. I don't think it could actually make it hotter. Um, maybe I'll just leave it for a second see what it does. It's Luke? You yeah. started the podcast with, with, with a beverage that you weren't ready? Well, I didn't want to you heat it up. Ready. I didn't want to <laughs> heat it up. Ready? I didn't want to heat it up because I know I would get yelled at. I get yelled at by a certain someone. Yeah, I was a little lit because Adam took a while to finish that line. Hey, let's do a toast with the listeners for a second. Yeah, go ahead. We'll do a toast. Okay. Toast. Toast. This is to you guys. This you. Is, this is to you, listener. To you listening. Why no. are you not? Why are you not? Grab I'm, your mic. My, no, I'm waiting for it to heat up. It's on. It's coming, Mr. Coffee. This is to you, listener. There we you love, go. We love you guys. Thank you, listener. No, what's your gripe today? My gripe today? 
is 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 you going on you instead of instead of starting to record you go you going on Facebook and trying to figure out a witty post. So okay. we're ready to record, yep. and then Adam there goes on go. Facebook to figure out a witty post. That was my gripe. That's my gripe today. Well, you know, I don't do it very often, so I'm not. I don't have the. Uh, yeah, you don't have the. I don't have the the the, the touch really. <laughs> you don't to, have the to write a witty touch anymore. I want my messages like when you see someone, you know, someone's wedding, right? There, everyone's like, congrats, congrats, yeah, congrats. Yeah, but you gotta, do, you want to do another I, step. I want it to be, you know, you want it to be short, personal, special and special, personal and like not not just congratulations. That's stupid. No, right? I get, I get it. I just think that we should have recorded, and then you could have taken your time. So it takes really longer than thought of it. This is why they're social media managers because they're fucking good at this stuff. You know, it's, it's not easy. Hey, what's your gripe? Uh, my gripe. Okay, so. There's girlfriend hair ties. These little black, those little black circles that you find all over your house. Mm-hmm. I'll often absentmindedly just pick them up and put them over my wrist and wear them like a like a uh, bracelet. And just at the end of the day, I have like a bracelet of hair tie. I didn't even know why I did it. They're just they're all over the place. They're in the that kitchen. That is so cute. They're in the 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 hair ties. They're in the kitchen. They're in the they're in the bathroom. They're just annoying. They're just I I, I play with them. You know I'll just play with them. I'll break some of them. They're all over the place. How's digestion? Um, uh, every, everything's good. Everything's good. I can't eat meat, which really sucks. Which everyone knows. Yeah. But. Hey, vegetarian update. Yep. Vegetarian update. How's it going for you? Uh, it, it blows, but I feel like I'm doing the right thing for the planet. So that's good. But quinoa, basically quinoa, quinoa, tofu, quinoa, 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 tofu, quinoa, everything is my life. My vegetarian update. Yeah. Uh, life is soggy. Yep. Life just got a lot soggier. Colder and soggier. Soggier and just kind of just less satisfying. Shit on me. So <laughs> this fucking chai is never going to You just heat it. Dude, I, why would you start the episode with Luke with Luke chai? Hey, my veg- vegetarianism. Okay, I've started. It's 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 brutal. It It's soggy. Uh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, to be honest. I just, you know, I'm just h- kind of hungry, a little hungry all the time. And I'm eating a lot of soggy food. But, you know, mentally it's good. My digestion from starting vegetarianism, it's not, it's doing really weird things. Okay. It's really not used to the food that I'm eating. Hey, mm-hmm. Adam. Yep. What do you have for us today? So now you're using a wallet again to cover your mug. Um. Yeah, I am. You, actually. you you used an eyeglass container and now your wallet to cover your mug and to retain the heat in there. <laughs> hey, Noah. Yeah. Let's play a little game. Let's play a little game. No, Keep Adam's coffee warm. What do you think a crank is? A, re- this is reported by a 23-year submarine veteran. Okay? These are submarine terminology. It, what so, is a crank? A yeah, crank what is a crank? A, a, something that you pull, like a lever. Oh, no, sorry. Something that you wind. Something that you wind. Okay, this is, in his words, a crank is, new guys get sent to work in the galley for 60 or 90 days soon after reporting aboard. They wash dishes. They scrub decks. They smash trash, you know, etc. Basically, all the shitty jobs that the cooks have for them to do. Between cranking, putting up with all the verbal abuse you get as a nub, which I guess is like a new person, working on qualifications, participating in drills, and other ship evolutions, and trying to help out in your division so that you get to know the guys, the life of a new guy is pretty taxing and terrible. So that's what a crank is. It's like just a new guy that gets hazed. Yeah. Is, is it is it the the area that the new guy goes in? Like he goes into the crank, right? He goes into the crank to no, get hazed. A crank is a new guy. You're a crank. A crank. Yeah, and you just, for like three months, you have to do all the shitty stuff on a sub, which is like, you can imagine, you, there's a lot of shitty things to do on a sub. They have to do the worst stuff. Kind of sucks. 
I bet it sucks. That get, gets into our topic, Adam. I have two, actually. Okay. Let me stop you. <laughs> stop me. Don't you rush me. Take your wallet off of your mug top. It's just so no, insane. No, no. It's no. a I'm land of COVID. I'm running an experiment over here. My my wallet is on top of my uh, coffee, and I'm trying to heat up my coffee by... By, by um, insulating the top. Yes, trapping the heat, heat in, there. in there. But now that you mentioned that my wallet has been everywhere COVID-related, I'm going to take it off. I'm just going to put my hand on it, which probably isn't a lot better. But no, what do you what do you think a the saying... Like a dog with two Peters means. Uh, a dog with two wieners. <laughs> two submarines on <laughs> a that dog. A dog with two Peters. Someone who is confused or clueless, similar to didn't know whether to shit or go blind. Or like, <laughs> what? Says, like a monkey fucking a football. Not the metaphors I would use, whatever. I don't know. I don't is know if a this sailor is, said these. Um, yeah, he said this is specific to submarines and it's used a lot. Like a dog with two Peters. Someone who's just. Doesn't know what to do. Let me tell you, shit, get, shit gets really weird on the submarine. Yeah, I absolutely. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, it's a lot of dudes stuck somewhere in a metal container for uh, sometimes six months to a year at a time. Yeah, which brings us to our topic. No, what's our topic? Our topic is sick, sick submarines. Yeah. Okay, how dope these things are. It's crazy. It's crazy that people get in them. It's crazy the level of technology we've gotten to with them. And I, you want know a toast to the men and women. That go in the submarines because I can never fucking do it. Yep. That's for sure. Adam, in beginnings that don't suck, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. No, submarines are primarily, and when we talk about them, they're an instrument of war, first and foremost. So their history is a history of basically brutality and death, unfortunately. But we're not exactly focusing on that part, but it's good to keep in mind when we do talk about them, all of the lives, the, the many, many thousands of lives that have been lost in the wars and in the submarines. So what we're going to be focusing on is the amazing history of technological inter- in- innovation and inventiveness that these subs represent. So it's a great example of humans doing something that, when you think about it, it seems kind of impossible, but mastering it, mastering like underwater boatsmanship. So the use of sp- subs spans from Civil War, which you're going to talk about, little bubbles, to the modern tourist boats that we see today and research dive vessels that help uncover their sunken ancestors. So Noah, what's our theme? Yeah. That brings me to our theme, Adam. Yeah, go ahead. Courage and ingenuity. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay? Because one thing, even with modern subs today that you can keep seeing, is that it takes a lot of courage to get into a metal container and go under the water for long periods of time. Yeah. It's completely unnatural. Okay? And also a ton of ingenuity. But without the courage, the ingenuity wouldn't matter. Someone's actually got to get into the submarine and test it. Yeah. Right? And some of these people are absolute ballers, as we'll see from history. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, definitely the courage part. And once again, you know, once again, we're going to focus a little bit more on the ingenuity, but when we're talking about this stuff, these are real human beings that are being shot at, that are being sunk. And it's just, honestly, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. As we mentioned in mysteries of the deep. Yep. Okay. Wasn't the only one with big ones. Oh, okay. There are a lot of people getting in a metal thing and going under the water is like high up there in man in man list. Is it high up there in the things that you wouldn't want to do? So I, the, the more I the more I read about life on a sub, the more I realized how bad me and you would be on a sub. We would be some of the worst su- submariners in the world. If there were two people less qualified to be a submariner, it'd be us. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll get into more life just to say one thing. You're, we're not very good at following orders also. Yeah, no, we suck at the, we, we suck so at, we suck at the military in general. We'd, yeah. su- we'd suck at that. But also, you have to be able to sleep really well. At, oh, at a right. moment's notice. The other thing is that sometimes when they get when they get woken up for watch, yeah, okay, they um they have to go eat and go right to to their watch post, and they're not allowed to leave the watch post for like seven hours. Okay, so you're not allowed to go to the bathroom in that time. 
There's one. There's there, no peeing. There's one bathroom for every forty submariners. Holy shit! So there's just no peeing, basically. There's no peeing or 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 the other. We gotta work on our peeing. Also, well, we we would so everyone would hate us because yeah, we would be so, so much, we would be so much peeing. We'd be in the bathroom all the time. We would be complaining all the time, trying to make jokes. Who wouldn't, f- we wouldn't be liked on the side. Who was the first Jewish person on the submarine? Not sure there's been a Jewish person ever on More, a submarine. There's there's an Israeli sub. There's Israeli subs. That is the only Jewish people on submarines. There you go. There it is. Okay. Now and that brings me to early sub history. If you're a Jewish submarine or listening to this podcast, please you let us You fucking rock. You yeah. fucking rock. Thank you, Mordecai, for patrolling the high seas. All right. Early sub history. Yeah. British mathematician William Bourne, Adam. He made plans for the earliest submarine in 1578. Dude was a thinker. But the first prototype wasn't built until the until the 1700s by Cornelius Drevel, a Dutch inventor working for British King James the first. So basically, the Drevel. Everyone, listen. Drevel. You're gonna picture this in your mind, okay? The Drevel was it was a rowboat. So like you know, like if if you've ever been to New Jersey, you know the rowboats that the lifeguards use there. Yeah. If you haven't been in New Jersey, just a freaking rowboat. Okay, like old man the sea, Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Take so take one rowboat. Yeah. Have it normally sitting there. Take another rowboat, flip it upside down, and then put it on top of that other rowboat. Okay, so two and rowboats that, stacked together. And that was the Drebble, baby. Okay? That's the Drebble. Okay. Sometime around 1620. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it. 1720. Excuse me. He used it, he used it to dive 15 feet beneath the river, river Thames during a demonstration witnessed by King James and thousands of astonished Londoners. Is it Thames or is it the Toms? What? That that I'm gonna keep making horse noises, but I'm not, I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. So basically, the double rowboat stacked on top. He did a demonstration, and he had people in, he had people inside on benches rowing. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So two rowboats stacked on top. Yeah. It's unclear how the oxygen was actually getting into into the boat, or if they were even using oxygen. Oh, so this was actually a submersible. It submerged. But so how, so how are they? Here's how do they have holes for the right. oars? So here's what here's what let me tell you. I'm gonna say what we know for sure. Okay. And then I'm gonna go into what like the the hypothesis. Yep. We know for sure that it was it was a double rowboat like object. Mm-hmm. There were benches in it, and there were like 10, 10 lines of rowers. So it was pretty big, and there were ten lines of people just rowing in it. That's how it propelled. It was sunk either by weight, or like or, or a a ballast that filled up with water. Or decompressed with water. Okay? So they sunk it down to 15 feet and they freaking rode it. They, and they were just row it down there. Okay? Why? Why? Uh, why did they invent this? It was just fucking... He was just inventing, inventing shit. The problem is that none of the Drebbel's plans or engineering drawings survived to this day. And that's mm-hmm. why there's so much hypothesis around it. Yeah. Okay? So... One, th- one theory... The theory is for air, right? How do they get air? The first theory is they didn't use air at all. They were just demonstrating that you could sink something to 15 feet and row it down there. Then they would just climb out and float to the surface. Okay. So that's, that's theory number one. Okay. The other theory is that the rowers in there had very, very long just air tubes that were basically floating like, like a really, really long snorkel. But, uh, would the air tube have to go out of a hole in the boat? Yeah. So the boat, well, the boat has, so the boat has holes for the, for the oars. Okay, but how is the whole, like, what's the, is there any webbing between the ore and the okay. wood to prevent the water from coming okay. in? Okay, that's one theory, one theory, Adam, mm-hmm. is that the ore is going through leather, right? So the boat is actually sealed. With leather? 
Okay, so like the oars poking out through like this leather that's sealing it. Mm-hmm. So the boat's actually sealed, so it takes the air obviously from the surface, and it's got like 10, 15 minutes of air. Okay. Okay, that's one theory. The other theory is that all the rowers in there had tubes going up to the surface <laughs> that were up there with a the flotation device. I don't believe that theory because you've been diving. If you've been diving, when you breathe out, your regulator takes your carbon dioxide and just, and that's why it works. It's a regulator because it moves the carbon dioxide out to the surrounding water. If you just had a tube, you're just putting carbon dioxide back in the tube and then trying to breathe it back in. Mm-hmm. See that? So, so I don't know if that works. Okay. There's also another theory that with the leather or the oars poking out, wouldn't the, the carbon respiration go out of the top of the tube? Not if you're 15 feet down. Why? It wouldn't move up the tube? No. It just stays there? It's so much pressure. It's yeah. so much pressure. And even sucking air in that, that long would be hard. Hmm. That's okay. why. So they don't like the tube theory. I don't like the tube theory personally. Okay. Okay. So the, the other thing is that let's say we have the oars going through the leather and we're rowing. Okay. They say that they had a gas bag in the sub. That was contained, and they would like let out air in it. Uh huh. So again, we we don't know, but basically, this is this is this <laughs> I love is it. this is there's a bunch of dudes, sounds- bunch of people getting down into the drevel, just rowing. Bunch of people, fifteen feet down in the drevel, in this basically uh, doubled up rowboat below the sea with oars. With oars, just, just ro- because they could, just because they could. Yeah, was I, the, was the and thing. I kind of think the most realistic thing is just a demonstration that you could sink. A, a boat down 15 feet and row it. Yeah, well, it's cool to think about. I mean, people have been fascinated by it's fascinating. having, like, being in a submersible. Like, when you think about it, it's absolutely fascinates your brain. Like, yeah. why wouldn't we want to do that? Just because we could do it. Yeah, I also want to say, I will put images of this on the Facebook page. I will be better about putting the images on the Facebook page. I say that I'm putting on the Facebook page. The Drebble. The Drebble images will be out there. Check it out. Okay. What happened after the Drebble? This brings me to my personal favorite. Uh-huh. And the absolute best story ever. Mm-hmm. Of fucking of of Big Willie, okay, the turtle, 1775, during the American Revolution, inventor and Yale graduate David Bushnell provided the colonists with a secret weapon in the form of an experimental submarine called the turtle. Okay, this was for use in the American Revolution against the British. A one man, it was a one man wooden craft. It looks like there's recreations of it. It's mm-hmm. this. It's it's a ball. It is a wooden ball. There's no other way to describe it. It's a one-person wooden ball with a single, like, chair in it to sit. That's all it is. It's a wooden ball with, like, (laughs) one chair in it. Room for one. Okay? The dude sits in it, basically, and he, (laughs) for locomotion, he's pedaling. (laughs) Yeah. So, if you've been in a paddle paddle boat before, Uh right? A little duck boat. Imagine that's, you're in the duck boat. Yeah. Okay? (laughs) You're in in the turtle, all right, in this one-man wooden thing. You're also powering a hand crank, okay? <laughs> powering a hand crank and foot pedal. With, so you're, say your right hand's got the what, hand why crank. Why do you need the hand crank? So the, <laughs> I don't know, for, for, for more locomotion, I guess. So okay. your right hand's got the hand crank. Your left hand is behind you controlling, <laughs> controlling the, uh, the rudder. I'm in my chair doing this. Oh, so okay, if you're sitting steering, in a chair, imagine pedaling. Your right hand's in front, cranking something, and your left hand is steering. So you're just like, can you see, or is this before the invention of glass in South Park? What was that? What was the thing? I was just thinking about that. It's, I think it's called like the it or something. The it where, yeah, that Randy drives. No, I think Mr. Garrison drives it where it's basically you suck, you suck on something you and suck something on goes something, up your butt and something goes up your butt to, to drive it. That's basically what the turtle was. <laughs> okay. Um, another, can they see out of the turtle? 
So <laughs> there's very small windows at the top of the turtle. What is the windows? We're gonna of? we're gonna get into this. We're we're gonna get into the windows. windows. I'm not sure what the windows were made of. Is it? It kind of looks like a, a barrel of beer. What's right? What's really interesting about this is that this was like David Bushnell was the main creator of it, but right. like Benjamin Franklin knew about this. Like all the dudes were in on this thing. On the turtle. This was like the height of American innovation at that time. Yeah, I mean it. It, it is pretty amazing. Does, okay, does, don't you think it looks like a barrel of beer? It looks exactly like a barrel. It just it looks like a barrel. It just it just looks like a barrel that you would just is big enough for someone to get in. That you just boat around in. Yeah. Is the top sticking out of the water? Uh no, it's not. But again, again, just 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 lem- actually, you know what? The top is not sticking out of the water. The way that it gets air, yeah. Okay, is that it basically it just it goes up to the top. It has two snorkel tubes mm-hmm. that's that get water, and then when you go down, you cl- you close the tubes and you go down. It only has air for like minutes down there, right? Because there's nothing processing air down there. It just sucks. It's getting it from the surface, letting it in, and then go- you only have the air in there. Yeah. Okay. As you're probably imagining, this thing is unbelievably dangerous. <laughs> the turtle. The turtle. Yeah. To be in. Okay. And like, how did you drive a wooden ball? So they no one knew anything about. What's dr- the hatch? What's the hatch? Hatch is at the top. Just open the barrel. Just pop the barrel open. What kind of a the hatching device do you have on a barrel? A wooden barrel? Not. It was metal. The hatch was metal at the top. Okay. Okay. So um, it also had... Here's its weaponry. Mm-hmm. Okay. It had a like corkscrew on the front of it and another hand crank. So you can also imagine how unbelievably complicated this thing is too to drive. Like yeah. it'd be very difficult. Mm-hmm. There was a hand crank. Okay. And the point of it was to go under the water... Pedal, 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 pedal furiously underwater up to a British ship. Move the hand crank, yeah, and like and drill, like drill a mine in there. Drill a hole. Drill like like put a mine. Put oh, a put you, a mine. You, can you reach your hand out and put the mine no in? no not your hand. There was a there was a hand. So basically, before you go down, you would put the mine on the hand crank. Uh huh. Okay. Then you would go down, and then you'd be ready just to stick to stick the boat. Okay. So you you paddle up to the British ship. You hand okay. crank your little hole. Yeah, and then you stick you the mine. Place a little mine in there. Right. Okay. So like also just remember at this time, like no one knew what it was like to like try and navigate underwater. Mm-hmm. Therefore they made a ball, right? It's not like a great it's not a great device to like maneuver underwater. Seems like it was the first one made with the intention of using it for warfare. It was the first one made made with the intention of warfare. Okay? I mean, so the dude who made it, Dave Bushnell, he's remembered as the father of submarine warfare. They probably thought of it because, you know, the British Navy was was the power in the world at that point. Yes, yeah, so they needed to be innovative. Yeah. Okay. So when was it used? Okay. In the early morning of September 7th, 1776, Continental Army soldier and dude with just unbelievable cojones, mm-hmm. Ezra Lee, launched the first summer. Ezra also is a Jewish name. Yeah. Which was interesting to me. Ezra Lee launched the first submarine attack when he piloted the turtle underneath the British warship in New York Harbor. Lee is not. Okay. No, Lee is not. A lot about, a couple of things about this. Mm-hmm. Bef- right? So this was a huge thing. Okay, there was a ship in New York Harbor. They wanted to tr- They wanted to use the turtle to, to get rid of the ship. No one had ever seen a submarine ever used before in warfare. So they were completely unready for it. Um, right, before, right before this, David Bushnell's, this is supposed, again, this is theory. David Bushnell's brother, who had trained with this thing. You can imagine, imagine this. Going, go down into the water of, of like a harbor. Yep. There's no visibility. You can uh-huh. probably see five feet in front of you. Okay. What? What? Can you just tell me what they're looking out of? 
Yes. In the thing? Yes. In the turtle? At the top of the turtle. So yep. imagine you're seated right now. If you're seated, yeah, I'm seated. right where their eyes are, there are, there are windows. What's it made out of? Is it glass? It's a good question. Solid question. I wasn't, I'm not sure. It's tr- something transparent. It has to be glass, right? So, okay. So, so imagine there's a wooden, wooden barrel. Yeah. And then right at the top, there is a, there is like a little, there's a metal, metal dome. Yeah. Okay. In that metal is a very thin sheet to look out of like glass or something. It's got to be glass. Okay. I mean, I didn't know glass. But anyway, I don't know when glass is invented. Let me explain the mission. Sure. Yeah. Just let me explain the mission. Okay. So this is this is this is what it was trying to do. Yep. Basically, they were gonna pedal. They were gonna paddle it up to within like to within pretty close to the British warship at night. Okay. Then they Good were idea. going to sink. Okay. Yep. He was gonna go underwater, place the mine, and get out of there. It was David Bushnell's brother. And the, uh, yeah, and the mine was a time mine. So basically, you place the mine, and you've got like however long the whatever fuse is. Oh, so you you have to light you get the fuse too. Yeah. So let me just explain how I'm explain. I want to explain how hard this conceptually is to me to achieve physically, because if if you dove dove in before, you know that like when you go on underwater sometimes, especially in a harbor. Yeah. You can't. You can barely see in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's he's trying to pilot this crazy thing underwater without resurfacing to get to the ship at night. Right. So, like, how, how big of a paddle? <laughs> how big of a paddle is it? So, I I can imagine that he he was approaching the ship at night. Mm-hmm. And he would have had to, he would have had to do it where it where a, uh, someone sitting on top the warship couldn't see it. He would have had to sunk below that. So what, like, a football field? But but wouldn't they be able to see it if he was only a football field away? Like some dude sinking a barrel? No, no, because they. No one knew about submarines. You forget, like they like the only thing that would attack them. They feel like is people on the land or or another warship. Okay, so what happened? Okay, so but do you do you understand what I'm saying? Is in that like it's just this just seems unbelievably unfeasible to begin with. What you mean like paddling up to a ship in a giant barrel and punching a hole through it? If you're a football field away, yeah, and you and you you go underwater, like just just get rid get rid of the get rid of the turtle. Just yeah. imagine you're diving. If yeah. you're if football field away and you go under the water uh-huh. and it's at night and you and you don't have a light mm-hmm. and you're supposed to get to a point as a football field away with the current blowing you, there is no way that you're getting there. Uh, yeah, at night I mean, there is a zero percent chance you're getting there. Okay. Okay. However, Ezra Lee decided that he was going to do it. The brother, David Bushnell's brother. Yeah. He trained for like forever on this thing. So he was good at it. Okay. He got sick right before this. And mm-hmm. e- and Ezra Lee was like, was like, I'll do it. Okay. So they gave Ezra like a crash course in it for like a couple days. Mm-hmm. They put him in the turtle and they, and they commenced, they commenced the attack. Okay. Speaking of courage, courage and ingenuity. Yeah. Spe- speaking about absolute courage, mm-hmm. Ezra Lee tried it. He tried to get, he tried to get to the British ship. And as I said before, you know, he, he failed because it's basically impossible. He He's, failed like he just didn't encounter it. Either either he either he wasn't able to get to the ship. Uh-huh. He wasn't able to attach the mine. I think he did. Get, what they say is he did get to the ship. So somehow he navigated correctly to the ship, which to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he just used a compass under there. To me is amazing. But he was unable to uh, put the mine on there. Some reason the mine crank like wasn't working, or he didn't have enough training to work it. Okay, so he he dipped. Okay, he he threw the mine like he threw the mine off the the fucking hand crank because I guess it was activated. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the mine just blew up in the water. So, okay. but he was safe. He was safe. He got out of there. 
But basically, the British the British were like, what was this? There was just like an explosion in the middle of the water. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he got away in the turtle. Did he in the turtle and it, it survived? Yeah. How many turtles were there? Was there just one turtle? There was one turtle and there were two other missions that, that were tried to be conducted with Ezra driving. Yep. And he failed both, both the other ones. What do you mean he failed? He just couldn't find the ships again? Wasn't it, either wasn't able to find it or wasn't able to attach the mine. The, he's a fucking... Honestly, I think Ezra's, no. Ezra's like a dog with two Peters. <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> I, to, I totally disagree. That's what I was trying to explain. That's what I was trying to explain is that this mission is ba- is fucking impossible. That's why you got to leave it to the Bushnells. Can you, you imagine... The, turtle it. Can you imagine being in a round device under the water and the current is just pushing you and you're trying to paddle to a ship? But if you're saying it's only a football field away, I'd be like, okay, that direction... Right? And I'd be like, okay, go until I see the hole. You're underwater, dude. Yeah. You can't see it. Well, be, can't you just angle the turtle in a certain direction and just go straight? I know. I. It's incredibly disorienting to try and do. I guess so. Let me, let me go back. If he had a compass, he could yeah. have taken the compass reading at the top and then gone down and used the compass. So that's how mm-hmm. he could have navigated there. Still extremely difficult. Okay. However, the current... What a fucking crank. Wait, just honestly. hold on. Hold yeah. on. He is the power of... I've. Do you, if you're in a duck boat... Yeah. Okay? He is a current pushing him. No one can him. see this right now, but every time, Noah, every time Noah, talks about, feet. Every time Noah talks about the turtle, fr- he does this little I'm paddle. paddle I'm frustrated that you don't seem to understand this. When, uh, yeah. So imagine that that's all the horsepower you have is paddling with your feet, and there's a current. There's a huge current blowing you. Well, let me tell you something. This is why you. you this is why you don't leave it to the cranks. This is why you don't leave it to someone who is a dog with two Peters. <laughs> yeah. You leave it to Honestly, a, leave it to he a was a crank now. and a dog with two Peter, Peters. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it was kind of impossible impossible to do it. However, yeah. For his his invention, his sheer guile. How do we guile. know? How do we know that Ezra Lee wasn't just some guy they found in the back of a bar, like throwing up? I think it probably was. Yeah, I think they're like, okay, the brother, the brother who's like, he was supposed to be like an unbelievable operator of this thing. Yeah, he's. They're like, oh, he won't do it. Now we gotta find someone who's just an idiot who like doesn't care if they die. Uh, right. Because I mean, it's kind of it's kind of so. His his sheer guile, Adam. His large testes. Mm-hmm. Earned him the respect of, of all the fellow patriots, including George George W. George Washington. Wait, you ever heard of him? Yeah. You ever heard of George? <laughs> Wait, what okay. respect? He fucked. He fucked up like four times. Okay, in a deleted scene in Hamilton. Okay, they had this. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, what kind so, of respect? Like, do you yeah, try? no, no. no do listen, listen, listen. George Washington later said about about the sub. Okay, yeah, and, sure. a, and about David Bushnell. You mean Ezra Lee? About both them. Just about the whole thing. About both Bushnell brothers and Ezra No, dude. About Bushnell and Ezra and the whole operation. Yeah, so... Okay, Okay, he said, I then thought, and I still think, that it was an effort of genius. (laughs) I mean, yes. A lot about it was genius. Unfortunately, Dad, I hate you. You know what? I'm a fucking Ezra... I'm an Ezra Lee defender. Yeah. And you're hating on him. I'm an Ezra Lee hater. I don't think that... Listener, I wonder where you are in this. But I just don't think that you appreciate how hard it is to do what he was trying to do. The last time I was in a turtle, all well, I'm I, saying is that I dude, could go 100 yards straight. <laughs> if I, I guarantee you, if you were in the turtle and had to do at night, get to the ship and plan a mine, you would fail 100 out of 100 times. Straight up, you I would. I totally agree with George. It wasn't an act of true genius. Unfortunately, they had a dog with two Peters <laughs> driving the barrel. That's George my W said. I then thought and still think that it was an effort of genius. I wish George W said that about our other businesses. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Any, George, bus- George any business, about- any business that fails, he's just like I then thought and still think it was an act of genius. Okay, <laughs> other no- other notable shit, Adam. Ezra Lee, much <laughs> respect. R.I.P. You were an absolute man. Adam's an idiot. Okay, other notables: the Nautilus, invented invented by American Robert Fulton while working for the French government. 
Okay, it's considered the first modern submarine because of its long cigar shape. They finally got the shape right. They're like, we're not going to do a ball. We're going to finally do a cigar. Okay, much better. Had a sail so it could sail while on the surface. The sail was collapsible. Okay, the, it was the first submarine to experiment with compressed air in copper bottles to provide oxygen for the crew. First submarine to, to try and provide oxygen. Instead of just sucking in air to the turtle. Okay. How do, how do they do this? Sorry to keep interrupting you, but I, I would like to know more. No, you're good. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. He no, must. He, so so compressed. So I think that so in an oxygen tank, when you're like an oxygen tank, it's actually an oxygen tank. It's not an oxygen tank. It's just compressed air. It's literally just the air around you compressed into that tank. Okay. Do you want to just tell everyone about your diving experience? No, I'm just that, fucking saying. Why? I'm just fucking saying. Hey, I'm, everyone, let, let's just no, suck public, my ball. Public service suck announcement. It, suck it. Noah has. Yeah, I'm fucking sick. He has I'm dove sick. a lot. Just so you know. So when he doesn't have to keep doing this posturing. Okay. He knows about honestly, that. Honestly, knows about turtles. honestly, if I was in the turtle, it, yeah. I would have stuck it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I would have stuck it. The, I would have stuck the mine right in that damn shit. You didn't read about the part where the Bushnells later were at a bar and they were just like, fucking Ezra. I mean, yeah. we couldn't the, find the anyone. Brother, the brothers were at a bar like, we've made this fucking ship and that idiot just couldn't stick the thing. Jesus Christ, Ezra. Come on, man. So anyway, hey, the compressed air... All, right, all you would need is something that can just take the air from the outside and compress it into a bottle. You wouldn't need any kind of special mixture, okay? Okay. The other thing, the Sea Devil, invented in Russia in 1855. That's my nickname in high school. <laughs> during a demonstration. It, during a demonstration of the Sea Devil, it sank in 50 feet of water. No, oh, no. Somehow the inventor escaped with his life. Okay. <laughs> so, I, again, ingenuity and courage. Yeah. Dude's in demonstration, the thing just sinks in 50 feet of water. Somehow he escaped, Okay. The inventor, he kept going because he has courage and ingenuity, Adam. Yeah. And the Sea Devil eventually made more than 130 successful dives. Oh, okay. Which is a ton. So it ended up being a big success. And what did it do during its dives? Paddle around? There we go. One of these dives was the current coronation of the new Tsar of Russia. Okay. What, it submerged with a four-member brass band aboard it. <laughs> <laughs> Witnesses on shore reported that they could hear the rendition of the Russian national anthem coming from under the water. Wait, which, why? Why? Just in a, in a in a celebration, they 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 it it did it in a celebration, and then they brought a band, and people said that they could hear the like the band going down on the sub from under the water. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay, a submarine used by the Confederates, known as the Parapetic Coffin, Adam, mm-hmm. for sinking on two trial run, trial runs and killing thirteen crewmen, including the man it was named after. Okay, so the submarine. On trial runs, it sank and killed the dude who they named it after. It was, but, however, this was used in the Civil War by the Confederates again. This was the first ship to destroy an enemy vessel. Unfortunately, when it destroyed the uh, the Union ship, it also this submarine also went down. And all the crew died when it did this. Holy shit. So, what is, what is this made out of? How is it different than the Devil, the Sea Devil? Not sure. Not sure, but it was the first ship to to be successfully used in combat. If you consider successful, for it to die as well. Oh, geez. So it was, this is like made out of wood as well, right? Yeah, it's just made out Are of. People just, rowing? Just nothing. Are people rowing it? No, no. I think I we're we're, we're past rowing. We're past rowing. Are we but, pedaling? But basically, when it shot whatever it did to to kill the ship, it also like exploded. Oh, so it had a torpedo? It had a projectile? Something. I think that it's it's interesting to think that how like. How hard it is to like just have a submarine that works properly and can shoot torpedoes and not blow itself There's up. There's so many different systems. There's so many different things going on. So basically, that was the first. So the first ship to first, sorry, submarine successfully used in warfare was in the Civil War. Okay, so it was a Union ship. 
thought it was Confederate. No, it was, no, it was a Confederate ship. Just and it sunk a Union. Um, it's it's it attempted to sink a Union ship. It did sink the Union ship, but it also sunk. Okay, and everyone died in it. Oh God! When it tried it, okay. Yep. This is an, another one. The Ar- the Aragonaut. The Aragonaut. Okay. The Ar- Argonaut. Argonaut. Yeah, it had wheels on it. And a gas engine, which allowed it to drive on the seafloor. So basically, they made a submarine car. With a gas engine? So they basically made a car that was a submarine, and it could, and it could go down on the seafloor. This was in 1897. Okay? It completed the first open ocean voyage by a submarine, traveling from Norfolk, Virginia, to Sandy Hook, New Jersey. That is insane. Um, I have and, a great and now I'm like, did they drive the whole way? Did they just go on the seafloor and just, just hum that bitch, just drive? The sea caterpillar. It's like a caterpillar. That's my name. That's your name for the Raganaut? Yeah. The Argonaut. The Argonaut? Raganaut? <laughs> Argonaut. <laughs> Argonaut? The sea caterpillar. You like the sea caterpillar. Yeah. Here's, here's what I think is crazy. Okay? That was in 1897, right? Mm-hmm. About 18, 1897, someone finally like made a kind of a voyage in the submarine driving on the seafloor like a, like a savage car. Okay? 60, 60 years after that, okay, Jacques Cousteau would descend to the deepest point in the ocean. We talked about that. We talked, I, I, you know, the exponential increase of technology. So basically, yeah. in 1897, you know, we had the first voyage by a sub. 60 years later, we would go to the deepest part of the ocean in a submarine. Yeah. So the crazy advance of technology. The crazy, like, how fast technology advances from nothing to, like, we've gone to the deepest point of the ocean. But that's part of the reason subs are so interesting. I mean, the other part is just, just amazing to think about going into submersible under the water. It's so cool. Yeah. Um. Hey. Yep. Talk to us about the now. Take us to the World War. Oh my God! Take us there. You just took us through so much early sub. I love the early sub. Let me just tell you that I could have spent more time in early sub. So you went basically from turtle to sea caterpillar. Yeah. So we we went we went the Drebel robots Drebel stacked together to the turtle big wooden ball and then we go then we finally get to the, like the sea caterpillar where we're driving on the bottom of the ocean. And the sea caterpillar successfully drove a gas engine on the bottom of the ocean. Yes, what were, I would like love to know like what were they eating? Like, I'm, what, well, I'm like, where ha- do they pee did they and actually poo? did they actually just like yeah? Where do they pee and poo? I'll tell you where. Not nowhere. Yeah, I, there I was mean, not a there was not bathrooms like, in there. Pre-industrial revolution or like a little bit post-industrial revolution at that point, people were just made a savages. They made they're they're they're, they're Jacques Cousteau. Only sixty years later, they created Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Who right. went to the bottom? Person with the biggest balls. Person ever. with the biggest balls in the universe that sunk his sub. Okay, so you talked to us about early sub history. Now let's get into the way when we think about subs, we we know subs, which is the World War subs, basically. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna jump a little bit from Sea Caterpillar to World War One. So okay, we're basically go. going from the 1900s to 1942. Sorry, that's World War Two. I mean, 1914, World War One. I. I was getting mixed okay. up. Okay, so we're missing 15 years of sub-history. So what's happening in these 15 years? Is there some, like, inner conflict? Okay, people are upgrading their, their weapons. There's, like, an arms race for subs going on. And until they get something that sort of resembles, just a little bit, the modern subs we have today. And when we're talking about World War subs, we're really talking about the history of German subs, U-boats, and the history of countermeasures against those U-boats. Or at least that's how I'm going to structure it for this little section here. All right, Noah? Wait, so German U-boats against our subs? So really, in World War I, Germany had the most subs by far. Germany okay, had th- Germany, Germany had the most Germany subs. Germany had 350 subs compared to France's 123 and Britain's 57. 
This is yeah, a World War that I. is a ton of subs. Right. Just, well, it's nothing compared to World War II. But yeah, they which, had a ton more than anyone else. Just say right now the U.S. Navy has 72 subs. Oh, really? Yeah. So that is an absolute... Approximately one fuck ton of sub. It's approximately a fuck ton of sub. Yeah, that's crazy. So, okay. I, w- I would love to know about the so, German. The German sub production is really good. They're yeah, producing a lot of subs. The Audi of sub. They're producing tons of subs. BMW sub with that with that fierce German culture. Um. So they mm-hmm. so they had the most subs. They had the most subs, and the World Wars. They're the U boats dominated the World War. So what's a U boat? When I say that, what is it? Okay, a U boat comes from the German word for sub. And the German word for sub is un. I mean, I, I'm not even gonna try a German accent. It's untersee boat. That's uh, like okay. how it untersee boat. And then the uh, they the slang for their subs they called it is sounds like this. Sounds like ubot. It basically <laughs> I'm trying to ubot. And then so like a like anglicized people. I do host anglicized do host Yeah, it's their the name for their subs <laughs> is do host Do host Um. And so we just started calling them U-boats because they were calling them U-boats okay. from Unterseebot. Okay. Okay. So all that, they refer to their subs um, in different ways, but we refer, we being the allies, refer to German subs, all German subs as U-boats. Okay. So when I say U-boats, U-boat is a German sub. That's really weird. I thought, a, I literally, until this moment, I thought a U-boat was a boat. Well, it's funny you should say that because they do resemble boats more than submarines, actually. But it's it's submersible, the U-boat. Uh, you, when someone says a U-boat, they're talking about uh, the German subs in one of the world wars. Okay, keep going. Okay, so we're going to talk about U-boats because they're the driving factor of innovation in World War One and World War Two because they dominated kind of the landscape of underwater warfare. So the design of the U-boat. Like many subs at the time, it was designed to spend the vast majority of its time on the surface because underwater, it only has a very slow electric motor that doesn't go very fast. They were almost never underwater. They're only underwater when they were attacking or they were evading. Yeah. And they, in general, only attacked at night. So if you look at a German U-boat now... You On the deck, you know how like subs now, it's like this sleek... It literally looks like a torpedo that they're shooting. The submarine, yeah. the modern submarine. It's yeah, very it's rounded, huge, it's long, huge, black, intimidating thing. It's not really made for doing activity on the deck of the sub. Right. The U-boats, it has a railing all around the outside of the submarine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's made to do shit on the top of the so sub. It's like a ship sub. It's like a ship sub. Right, okay, I like what you just did. And yeah, to tell the people again, subs now, they're just completely sleek. There's Sleek. nothing on the top at all. And you can make... Go ahead and make your poop joke right now. Here <laughs> not going to do it. it out. Not going to do it. Okay. Not gonna work if you're not going to do it, then don't do it. Pod. Now is your time. <laughs> now is the only time I get. Yeah. I was waiting for my moment. I didn't feel like that was my moment. And scene. I'm waiting for my moment. Okay. So it has a railing all around it. And on the front of it, it even has a mounted surface gun. Okay. Cool. So it's made to be above the water. Pretty much. Yeah. A uh, uh, sub ship. Modern subs sub don't. Ship. You don't really see a surface gun on modern subs unless I'm completely you don't mistaken. See, you don't see anything on them. Uh, hopefully, if, if there's a submariner out there just wants to correct us on everything, please just let us know. Yeah. Okay. So what was this sub used for specifically? It's attack patterns. It was primarily used during the war. And this is when World War One. you know, no Nazi Germany. This is where Germany had an emperor. Okay. So shit, it was a fucking while ago. The last emperor of Germany. It was used to primarily attack merchant ships and supply lines. For the first few months of the war, at least, the, these U-boats, they would surface, and then they'd give some time for like the merchants to evacuate their ship. 
and then they would torpedo the ship and sink it. That's an interesting first. Like, co- that was the first couple of months of the war. Yeah, because I was going to say that's pretty savage. They would just blow up a merchant ship with all the just innocent people on it. It's absolutely savage. It's heavily criticized, but you know it's fucking war. It's chaos. Yeah, destruction. But yeah, but at the beginning of the war, there was more more rules of engagement. Like they would surface. The merchant boats would be like, oh shit. They would leave the boat and then the German U-boat would blow up the ship. Okay. In some instances, even they would take the, um, they would take the merchants onto the, uh, the German subs and they would drop them off on like an island or something to probably starve to death or die. Wow. Yeah. So it was a little bit, that was only for a first few months and then everything went to shit. And they're just like, we're just fucking, we're just like, we're just going to surface and then fire, which is what they did. So later on, they would just come on up. They would see the ship. I mean, they were already up. They would see the ship. They would go down, and then they would fire their torpedoes. Um, one especially famous sinking that I want to mention that happened in this way give is the Lusitania. All right. Lusitania, give it to me. Okay, so uh, Lusitania, right? Yeah. It was. It's an example of a passenger ship sunk by a U-boat. Yes, question. Sorry. So with with the with the one and two uh, torpedoes, okay, you said you said that. So it fired. The controversy with Lusitania is with the amount of torpedoes fired. The controversy of the Lusitania is not about whether it was sunk by a German U-boat because the captain of that U-boat has come out saying that it was sunk and investigations have been made and they have come out with the logs of the German uh, the German campaign saying that it was sunk by a German ship. The controversy is with one torpedo or two torpedoes because after one torpedo was fired, the ship was sinking. It was It was going down. There was no reason to fire a second torpedo. So if he did fire a second torpedo, that would be like a, a very sinister... I mean, war still has some rules, right? At least like these kind of engagements, um, you'd think. So with, that would be a military very cruel... To civili- military to civilian, basically. It would be an incredibly cruel act of war because there's basically people just like fighting for their lives in the water and the ship was already sunk. So why would you fire a second torpedo? You know? Oh my God, it's brutal. It's pretty brutal. What- so... Sorry? What did the captain say about the number of torpedoes fired? This is what he said. So he said, It looks as if the ship will stay afloat only for a very short time. I gave the order to dive to 25 meters and leave the sea, leave the area seawards. I couldn't have fired another torpedo into this mass of humans desperately trying to save themselves. It's pretty messed up. There was a ton of, of civilian casualties. There was 1,198 people dead on the Lusitania. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait. So this was the beginning of the war, right? This is at the be- this is at the beginning of the war, and before they they traveled, they knew like this has happened um, eleven miles south of Ireland, in basically at the edge of the English Channel. So they know that this is where German U boats are going to be patrolling, in the English Channel, in the Baltic Sea, um, in the Mediterranean, that kind of zone. But they still were going to New York in a passenger ship anyway, because they thought that no one no one would do this. Yeah, they thought, I mean, it's one thing to attack a merchant ship that's bringing supplies, right, to and fro. You can kind of see how that would be okay, but attacking a civilian ship is like another th- story altogether, right? Because right, there's nothing to, militarily to do with that shit, to do with it. Exactly. So this is a super important event because it is the start of the U.S. being invested in the war, this event, because it was going to New York. That's okay. what, Oh, because there were Americans on it. Yeah, so, and two years later when the U.S. joins the war, this was the start of them, the U.S. paying closer attention and being like, shit, maybe we should get involved in World War One here. All right, so there is part one of subs. Shout out to Sarah's boyfriends, of course. Shout out to submarines and all the men and women on submarines and in our Navy, in our Army, 
all the service people protecting our country. Thank you for what you do. And guys, that's weird doing this without knowing here. You can find us on Facebook. And as mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast, you can also find us on everywhere you get your podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Podcast Addict. Make sure to rate and review, please, if you haven't done so already. It really helps the podcast. Okay, guys, we'll see you on Thursday for part two of Subs. Oh, 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 oh,